So there's going to be a lot of scriptures this morning. I don't know how many I counted, maybe 30. So um, we're going to go a bit deeper today. Who's ready for something a bit deeper? Just beyond the froth and the bubble? Just so you're going to, you're going to really need to focus and concentrate to stay in tune with what we're wanting to share uh, with you this morning. I want to start with a question. What's the best reward you have ever received? Can you think of something that, uh, some of you may not believe it, many years ago I actually won a reward for golf. Uh, it was just, wasn't a big reward, but I was shocked to get it. Uh, it was based on handicaps and all the rest of it, so that was a good reward that I got. I think maybe one of my best rewards for effort put in was um, graduating from Auckland University. It was, uh, you know, it was a lot of hard work to get there, and a lot of you, many of you have done that as well. Um, maybe one of the greatest rewards for effort put in for me was uh, when my dad got saved through prayer and fasting. That was an awesome reward, isn't it? wonder what's, uh, what's coming to your mind when you think about the rewards that, that you've received. Do you know God created us to be motivated by rewards? How many of you have had kids and you've kind of tried to motivate them by offering them a little reward of something at the end of the day? You know, all the hands are going up, eh? You know, so, it, and, and how many kids respond to that, don't they? Or kids, they love a reward. And so, um, so this sort of rewards, I've been really thinking about it. It's, uh, it's the way God's created us, that we are motivated to action by rewards. It's in our DNA. It's how we've been created. In fact, if the reward is substantial enough, you'll do things you wouldn't otherwise do. Is there anyone, anyone with me on that? Is that right? You know, I mean, I, I studied, well, can't say I studied that, but I studied. <laughs> I studied and went out of my way when others were out at the beach and that I was at home studying. Why? Because I wanted the reward of graduating. So you do things. I, I fast and I pray. I hate it. But I do it because I know God says, I'm going to reward you if you will do that. So there's this whole thing. Maybe you didn't, I don't know if you ever realized that we actually serve a God of rewards. And in fact, this, this is a, a book of rewards. Do you know rewards, depends on which, which translation you have, is mentioned about 78 times. And would you believe it's in 32 books of the Bible? 32, tell the person next to you, that's amazing. You never knew that, did you? You never knew. Do you know, how many of you parents, or how many of you love to reward, say, your kids or someone like that? How many of you like doing that? Yeah, yeah, I mean, God loves to reward us. He's longing to reward us. He's desperate to reward us. And so that's the way, it's one way he set the whole thing up. So fundamentally, the rewards that God offers us is to motivate us to live totally sold out for him. So it basically says, hey, if you serve me, you love me, you obey me, you sacrifice for me, I will reward you. Sum it up in one verse, Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom of God. Effort. And what? The promise? All these, and his righteousness, all these things will be added unto you. It's, it's almost like central to Christianity to a measure. is God says, hey, you live for me, I'm going to reward you. Now, if your boss says he's going to reward you, or your parents say they're going to reward you, or a teacher says they're going to reward you, that's nothing compared to when God says, yeah. I'm going to reward you. 
How many of you reckon if God says I'm going to reward you, it's going to be something fantastic? It's going to be unbelievable, isn't it? I mean, God, hey, God's saying, hey, take, this is how I reward. I know this is how your parents reward there, your teachers reward there, your boss reward. Hey, but hey, this is how I reward. If you can capture that, honestly, it's going to make a huge difference in understanding how the kingdom of God really does work. So let me give you some scriptures. I want to back everything I say with scripture. Who's still concentrating? Yeah, that's because I've just talked about rewards. But let's go a bit deeper. Let's go to some verses now. So I want you to reflect on these verses. I'm not going to rush them. Matthew 6, 27. The Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels. So what are you going to do? And he will reward each person according to what they have done. Who reckons that's pretty clear? Who reckons that should motivate us to do some good stuff? Because he's going to come and he's got his reward. He's going to give each of us rewards. Wow. Let me give you another verse on this. Ephesians 6 verse 8. The Lord will reward everyone for whatever good he does. So whatever good you do, good neighbours, God's going to reward you. You know, if you, if you capture this message, it will change the way you live on a daily basis. Uh, it's gonna, it really will motivate you a lot. Because what I want to try and get across to us today is that we live on earth 70, God willing, 80 years plus. And um, that's good. And then we live for eternity. For, and you, there's no number you can put on it, can you? It's zillions, trillions of years, like it's forever. Like you live forever. Do you think about that very often? How often do you think about that? You're going to live forever. Absolutely ever. You will never die. You will from this earth, yeah, but for it, you're going to live forever. You know, talking about this stuff has gone out, gone out of fashion, which is a tragedy, really, because it messes us up. Because you know what happens is we then try and make sense of life based on the 70, 80 years we have here. How many of you know many times it makes no sense at all? You look at people all around you and think, man, they've been handed a lemon. What an injustice. This is not right. This is not good. This is unfair. Well, when you just focus on this life, this, it will not make any sense. And your life will not make any sense. You'll fight, struggle hard to understand it. And, and so this, this loss of talking about the next life is quite a tragedy, in my opinion anyway, because our, our thinking gets all confused and muddled, and then we focus on all the wrong things. And so this life, yeah, sure, 70, 80 years, God willing. Uh, so here's my question. Where are you going to put your focus? What are you going to focus on? You know, just really everything going well for you in this life. You know, got to get your car and get your mortgage paid and get your house and be successful and get your position. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. God bless you if you get it. But if, is that going to be your whole focus? Is that where you're going to put all your energy to get the best out of this life? Or are you going to be smart enough to think, hold on a minute. Yeah, I can get all that, but I only get that for a few moments. But what I get beyond that, so I'm going to live for my life beyond that. That's where you have to understand rewards. The problem with rewards <laughs> is you'll only pursue them if, they, if you value them. If you value them. So, what my challenge today is, I've thought about this message, is trying to convince you of the value of rewards in heaven, which you can't see. 
I mean, you can value a reward here. If you're going to win a flash car or something like that, you can value that and you'll work up. But to value rewards, and that's, that's another story. And so to get motivated by this message, I've got to try and convince you that you think, oh, wow, that's what I'm going to get for eternity. And of course, that's <laughs> not a very easy thing to do. But that's where, why I've called this resurrection power. Because you have to understand the resurrection, which means when you, you get resurrected, you live forever, and there is an eternity of rewards waiting for you. That's why the message of the resurrection is so important. If we don't preach the resurrection, our focus just stays on this life. Is anyone with me? Yeah. Are you following what I'm trying to say? I know it's not an easy message, but uh, hey, I, I've just got to deliver this just so that, so when you stand before God, <laughs> you're not gonna be able to say, hey, pastor never told us about this. What do you mean my rewards are different to everyone else? No, no we're gonna let, let, try and make you, help you to know this as best we can. So <laughs> I heard about this preacher and he gets to heaven and he gets his reward, but he notices that this taxi driver gets a far better reward than he does, far better position. And he's really ticked off and he says to Peter, he complains and he says, hey Peter, I spent my whole life serving with all my heart and all this guy, guy did was <laughs> drive taxis around. What's the deal? And uh, the angel said to him, well look, everything's based on um, results. And so when you preach, you know most of the people were asleep. <laughs> but when this taxi driver drove, he said, not only did they all stay awake, awake they were also praying. <laughs> and so he got more results than you got. So there you go, that's why he gets a better reward. <laughs> all right, let's give you another scripture. I'm gonna keep throwing scriptures at you, all right? You might wanna jot some of these down, folks, because your life is based on these scriptures. Your trillions of years are based on these verses. You got that? So here we go. Uh, 1 Corinthians 3 verse 8. Every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labour. Now, a lot of people think, hey, I don't like the feel of this. What do you mean there's going to be different rewards, different positions? Some even say different levels in heaven. I don't, I don't like the feeling of that. Well, you may not like the feeling of that. And I'm not sure I like the feeling of it either, but it's Bible. It's Old Testament, it's New Testament, it's a way it is going to be. So let me draw on someone we won't argue about, the great general of the Salvation Army. How many of you respect him? I mean, he's a man of God, right? So he has this incredible experience of heaven. I'm gonna pick up on part of it. And he says this, um, no human eye has ever held, beheld such beauty and perfection. He said, my record had an exact daily record of how I had used my time, my money, my gifts, which God had trusted with me with to spend for his glory. Imagine that. Everything you did to yesterday, it's recorded. Hopefully you did a lot of good works with neighbors, that would be a good day. It's all recorded, okay? And uh, anyway, he saw this record but then he was reminded how instead of fighting God's battles, saving souls, I'd been intent on earthly things. He said, I felt sick at heart. This is the great general. This is why he went on to change the world virtually. He said, if only, this is in the vision, his experience of him, if only I could have another lifetime and truly follow the Lord. But that could not be. 
This thought filled my soul with unspeakable regret. Jesus turned to Booth and said, go back to earth. I'll give you another opportunity to prove yourself worthy of my name. He went back, and I want to suggest he proved himself worthy of the name of Jesus. Now, unfortunately for us, we're probably not all going to have that kind of a vision. I wish I did, because that would really help me to focus my efforts and energy on what I should be doing. So, one of the dangers I see in today's church is simply this, is we teach salvation in Jesus we go to heaven, and then we leave it there. We don't say too much more beyond that. The thought is we all go to heaven, and we're all going to be the same, we're all going to live happily ever after. Hey, we're all on our way to heaven. We're all going to live happily ever after. We're all going to be the same. But it's not true. It's just not true. We are going to live happily ever after. But there will be different rewards, different positions, different places. And... Therefore, ours for eternity. We can't change it after that. And that's what's so sobering, I think, about a message like what I'm sharing with you today. So here's my point. Don't you have a right to know that how you live in this life serving God has a massive bearing on your next life for eternity? Don't you have a right to know that? So I'm giving you that right I'm thinking, I have a right to know that. Imagine going through all of life and not knowing that. No one ever told you. you know, what? It wouldn't be a real shock, wouldn't it? It would be quite upsetting if that was the case. But here's something that I read, which I really like, and you'll like this part. In, there's no jealousy in heaven. Wow. Well, how can that be? We've got different places, different positions, but there's no jealousy. Even though rewards are different, it won't diminish the joy of those who get fewer rewards. Stay with me. Stay with me, all right? Keep following what I'm saying here. See, everyone will be perfectly happy and satisfied because in heaven there's no envy. There's no jealousy, all right? There's no sadness, all right? There's none of that in heaven. So what I've read is this, that we will actually rejoice with those who are more highly exalted than we are. Because so strong will our love and our care for one another be that when someone is blessed more than us, it's going to actually increase our joy. Do you want a scripture on that? I'll give you one. 1 Corinthians 12, 26. If one of the members is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Boy. Who reckons God is a genius? I mean, how does he do this? So it doesn't diminish our joy. It adds to it. Psalm 1611, in your presence is fullness of joy. That's heaven. You'll be full of joy and full of happiness in the eternal kingdom. There is no jealousy. There is no envy. So then we come to more scriptures. The judgment seat of Christ in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 10 says this, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Just remember, this moment is not a moment for 
sins and salvation. This is about rewards. You're already saved. If you're not saved, you won't get to the judgment seat of Christ, all right? So it's just for believers, all right? So another person, I think part of trying to capture, get our heads around what heaven's like, a lot of it is people, a lot of people have seen heaven. A lot of people have been to heaven. And they're, they're, what they see is fairly consistent. And one of the visions someone had of rewards in heaven was that every smile is rewarded. Who likes that? Turn the person next to you and give them a smile. Come on. Come on. Come on. Get yourself a reward. Maybe the only one you're going to get. Every smile. Man, when God does all this stuff, I mean, God is just so incredible. Every kind word. Tell the person next to you, you look great today. Man, you guys are stacking up rewards, man, left, right, and center. It is amazing. You want a verse for that? Here's another verse. Matthew 10, 42. Whoever gives a cup of cold water to one of these little ones, whoever did this, thank you. You've got your reward. It's Bible. Next week, there'll be a thousand cups up here. (laughs) Everyone wanting to get their reward. Uh, one of these ones, because he is a disciple. Truly, I tell you, he will never lose his reward. <clears throat> so yesterday, we go to Good Neighbours. And so everyone who did a good deed yesterday, there will be rewards for you in heaven. So the youth, it's going to come up on the screen for a moment, they washed cars for free. All right, so my car, there you go. There they are, are, washing their cars away. Have you got the other one there, the other photo there? Yeah, that's that's my car, by the way. That's Kialan. There you go. I think that's, I'm not sure who that, in the background there might be Fabian or Bronze or one of those guys. Um, I'm not sure of the names. Anyway, so, fantastic, eh? Rewards in heaven. That's how you get rewards. It's as simple as that. Then they went to old folks' homes and sang songs there. They did lawns and all the rest of it. Adrian and I did a special visit yesterday, not someone in this church. That was our way of being good neighbours. But now when I think about it, there's a reward for that. There's a reward for that. So what I want you to start trying to think is that every time you're doing a good deed, there's a reward. There's rewards in this life, but also in the next life. So every time you reach out in some way, um, it's, it's... it's stacking up these rewards. So let's go to some more scriptures on this. Uh, is everyone still, who's, who's fallen asleep? Can you just give that person next to you a nudge, just wake them up? Because some people are thinking, man, I, I don't know. Who, who's enjoying this message, by the way? Hey, all right, all right. Oh, good, good, okay. There's not many, no claps or anything, because it's not the sort of message you clap about, is it? Like, you know. <laughs> but that's all right. Campus, is you all right up there? Down there, wherever you are, hope so. Make sure you get plenty of rewards. So we're going to do Matthew 25 now, 14 to 30. I'm not going to read it, but you know the, all know the story. The master gives three, uh, five talents, three talents, and one talent. Five, three, and one. Is it five, three, and one? Five, two, one. What is it? Five. <laughs> Better get this right. Uh, five, two, and one. Five, two. I've preached it so many times, I can't even remember it. Anyway. So the one with five talents gets five more. The one with two talents gets two more. And the one with one talent buries his talent. So you can talk about this as your gifts that God's given you to serve him. All right. 
And we've all been given lots of gifts. So the, the five and two talent people, this is what the Lord says to them, Matthew 25, 21 to 23. Well done, good and faithful servant. This is what you want to hear on that day. You are faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Everyone say ruler. Ruler. Uh-huh. Ruling with Christ. Some even say ruling over nations. I'm not sure how that works, but ruling, ruling with the Lord, ruling with Christ. Rewards, some of the rewards are astronomical, folks. I'm not going too deep into all this because some of the stuff, is, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. The rewards people are gonna get for faithfully, diligently serving God with all their hearts in this life, it's gonna make everything so worth it. This explains why your apostles and early church people were willing to sacrifice so much. They're willing to give their lives. They're willing to go without. They're willing to just you know, die to self and deny themselves because they had this revelation that when they get to the other side, the rewards will be unbelievable. And they had, because they understood that, it helped them take their focus off this life. And that's really one thing I'm trying to do today is to take our focus off being over-consumed with this life. You've got to be, you've got this life, you've got to do this life. But to be over-consumed with that and barely think about the next. I want to shift the narrative so that you, you kind of barely think about this one and your whole focus consuming is by this one because that's the one that lasts for eternity and forever and forever. Now, there's a one-talent person <clears throat> didn't use it. Sheesh. I'd just better read this because otherwise you're going to yell at me. So it says in Matthew 25, 26, but the Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant. Whew. What was that for? For not using the gifts that they'd been given fully for the glory of God. They're called, you can read it for yourself. It's, uh, it's pretty, pretty tough words, isn't it? But we, we, can't, we can't edit this book, folks. You agree with that? Yeah. We, can't, we can't take that, that. Well, that doesn't sound very nice. You're calling someone wicked because they didn't use their gift that you'd given them to serve. You, can, you can't call them lazy. That's not nice. It's in here, folks. <laughs> so sometimes I just have to read scripture and just, just leave it there. And I add to that, it's not just how much we did serving God, but how much could we have done. So people just say, well, I've done my bit. Uh, about that. You want to do more than your bit. You want to do everything you can. One of my goals in life, by the grace of God, is I want to serve God with passion, fire and zeal to my last breath. To my last breath. That's, that's my dream. That's what I'll, God helped me to do that. And to use my gifts and my abilities to my last breath as God gives me strength to do that. And not to just slow down and, <laughs> you know, people wind down. <laughs> I, my goal is to wind up. <laughs> you know, to, to run across that finish line with, with passion and with great zeal. So here's my advice to all of us today, including me, is take every opportunity, every day of every hour to serve God and stack up more and more rewards in heaven. 
So the wisdom from this message, I would say, is this, is don't waste any days. I'm not talking about burning out or overdoing it, but just don't waste any days, don't waste any hours. Don't, don't, don't stress over this, but just say, hey God, here I am. I'm available, I'll serve you because there'll be tremendous rewards awaiting in heaven. So one of the good things, the good news about this message is this, is that actually there's, I'm gonna give you now 10 things that God promises to reward. And some of them are in this life, and some of them are in the next life. But take a note of some of these, write them down. I'm gonna give you a lot of scriptures here. I won't read all the scriptures, but I'm just gonna, this is a real teaching on rewards, all right? So the first one, they reckon, is prayer and fasting. Uh, Matthew 6, 6, 17 and 18. When you pray, your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Full stop. When you fast, your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So pray every time you pray. Whether you pray at home, whether you fast, wherever you fast, every time you do it, at home, at church, wherever it might be, come to a prayer meeting, whatever it is, God, there is rewards for that. And I believe those rewards will be eternal. It's probably one of the easiest ways to get rewards. So you know that last time you prayed and the heavens were brass and you got nowhere? Doesn't matter, rewards. It doesn't say you get rewarded just because your prayer felt good. It doesn't matter how it felt, it is a reward. Secondly, compassion for the vulnerable. Matthew 25, 37 to 40, it talks about feeding the hungry, uh, clothing the poor, um, welcoming strangers, visiting the sick, going to those in prison. You can read through those verses yourself. So the offering we took this morning for the poor, the needy, the food bank, there's a reward in heaven for caring for those. You know, the Bible's very, you know, the good thing about God, he makes it really clear what he rewards. Um, then there's another one. You might like, some of you might need to hear this one. Being ridiculed. A persecution or being excluded for the name of Christ. Luke, tw- Luke 6, 22 to 23. Blessed are you when men hate you, when they exclude you and revile you, for your reward is great. Isn't that? Your reward is great in heaven. Those of you being persecuted at work, criticized, made to feel in the outer, feeling a bit excluded, maybe ridiculed a bit. Hey, Come on, your reward is great. Imagine when God says, one thing for God to say, you're gonna get a reward. It's another thing when he says it's gonna be a great reward. So that one gets a great reward. And the next one, you will not like it all, but there's a reward for loving your enemies. So just tell the person next to you, I love you. <laughs> just in case. Love your enemies. We better read this scripture. Love your enemies, do good and lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great. There's another one with a great reward. So the last two have got great rewards, you know, being persecuted, ridiculed, and loving your enemies. So when you leave here today, go and love your enemies, all right? And I don't want everyone saying to me at the door, Pastor, I love you, Pastor, I love you. (laughs) No, 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 don't do that, all right? Love your enemies. Uh, number five, generous giving. Luke 6, 38, given it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running out. It's a reward, isn't there? God said, give. Uh, why should I? Well, I'm gonna reward you. Some people, yeah, I won't go into that one. Anyway, next one, hospitality that cannot be repaid. You can check that one out in Luke 14. The verses are gonna come there for you somewhere. Oh, the verses are up there anyway. That's 14, uh, 12 to 14. Uh, number seven, is endurance through pressures. Who's going through pressure right now? Give me a wave your hand around. 
gee, what's happened to the rest of you? This church is a pressure-free church. Wow, so good. I'm so glad you're not under pressure. There's a few of us that are, about 10 of us, but the rest of you, life is just mint. Fantastic, so good. I'm, I'm so pleased for you. I'm not really, actually, I'm just jealous. But anyway, it says our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. Whew. That's why Paul was so happy to suffer. He knew, man, you guys feel sorry for me. Don't feel sorry for me, man. I'm, I'm stacking it up for the next life. I'm going to get rewards that you will not believe. Don't feel sorry for people who sacrifice for Jesus, folks. Uh, envy them because they've got the revelation. I like number eight, quality work for your employer. Tell the person next to you, I love that one. Uh, come on. I love that one. Yes, you do. Whatever you do, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord, not for men. You're not working for your boss. You might be, but and ultimately you're working for God. You've got to see it that way. That will change everything. And it goes on and says, knowing that from the Lord, you will receive the inheritance of your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. <laughs> so tomorrow when you go to work, give it everything you've got. Thank you for the overwhelming response to that point. I thought that might get a little flat, but never mind. All right, number nine. I won't go into these ones, but faithfulness through trials. Keep your heart right, keep your spirit right. Don't get envious, don't get bitter, don't get twisted, don't, don't murmur, all that sort of stuff. You know, don't complain about everything. Just if you handle your trials right, great reward. Great reward, all right? <clears throat> and then faithfulness to truth. I can't go into that. There's scriptures on that one as well. Now, can I just say this? You don't have to be the Mother Teresa or the Apostle Paul to be rewarded. All right? Just be faithful to what God has called you to do. Serve with zeal, serve with passion, serve with fire, serve till your last breath. And that's all that you have to do. It's not how big a ministry you had, it's how faithful you were to what God gave you. The five talent person and the two talent person got the same reward if you search through the scriptures carefully. But we need to do what we can before the Lord. So, oh, one last point. I better give you this because you might be annoyed with me because I didn't. Our works will be assessed for quality. 1 Corinthians 3, 13 to 15, each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire. The fire will test each one's work, of what sort it is. If anyone's work which is built on it endures, he'll receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. So our works will be tested, so you really want to make sure that what you're doing is what God has called you to do, what he's gifted you to do, what is, you know, that you are obeying the Lord and what works are going to burn up in the fire. Look, it doesn't tell us what works are going to burn up in the fire, but I'd like to suggest maybe it's when we do things God never asked us to do. Uh-huh. Or maybe we do things with wrong motives. Our goals are wrong. Maybe it's all, we're all full of pride. I don't know what it might be. But um, in the extreme case, <laughs> if the fire burns up all our works, God forbid, uh, we suffer great loss, but we're still saved. That's what that scripture said. You'll still be saved. So there'll be sorrow, regret for a time, 
That's why the Bible says he'll wipe away all tears. When we realize, oh, I could have done better, and, oh, we'll feel sorrow, there'll be tears. But the good news is God will wipe those tears away. And then we live in heaven, as I said, happily ever after with peace and joy and victory. But my point is, why scrape into heaven? Why don't get in there with a rich welcome and glorious rewards? You know, there was an old missionary couple that had been on the field, a mission field for many years, served hard, sacrificed a lot. They returned to the US, at, they returned at the same time that the President of the United States turned up as well. So when he gets off the plane, you know, there's a red carpet lined up and you know, there's all the dignitaries to greet them and welcome him back home and all the rest of it. And then the missionaries get off their plane, it's almost like they just make their own way quietly into the, into the airport, no real welcome, no real, no fanfare. And the husband says to the wife, you know, gosh, we gave our lives serving God and it's what we get and here's the president, he gets all the fanfare. The wife with great wisdom and insight says to her husband, yes, but we're not home yet. Maybe life's not treated you that well. Maybe you haven't got a lot of rewards in this life. Maybe you don't get many accolades and appreciation and people around you seem to be doing so much better than you. You're looking on and thinking, God, I served you as best I could. I used my gifts and is this it? just doesn't feel right, God. It doesn't feel, doesn't feel just. And I think God would say to you, hold on, you're not home yet. When you get home, it will all be worth it. It will all make sense. And no, you will not have had a raw deal because God will make up, I believe, for everything we go through. The key is simply this, let's not focus everything I said it last time I preached on this message, is that I think one of the goals that I'm really trying to get through to all of us is this, that life really is far less about how well things go for us here on earth and infinitely more about how life will go for us for eternity, forever and ever and ever and ever. It's all going to be okay, folks. It's going to be okay. You might feel hard done by. You might feel you've suffered immensely, and a lot of people in this room have, and online have. I just want to say it's it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Get to the other side. Just in the meantime, whatever gifts, abilities God's given you, serve Him with all your heart all your strength, all your might. Run with fire, as we would say, to your last breath. Revelation 22, verse 12. Behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me, to render to every man according to what he has done. Jesus' name, amen.